Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Goat Rider from San Jose, Costa Rica. The song was called Devil Vampire and was released earlier this year. You can find it over on Bandcamp. I haven't checked the other streaming services, but I'd suspect it's available elsewhere as well. You might know them from their 2020 album, High Speed From Hell, or you may have never heard them before. And that's okay because they're new to me too. I just learned about them while conducting this interview with DN of Calto Negro. And that's what this episode's all about. Discovering metal of every genre from all across the globe. If you weren't familiar with the Costa Rican metal scene, hopefully this episode helps you get a little more knowledgeable about what's happening down there in Central America or up there in Central America or over there in Central America. I don't know where you're at. Wherever you're at, I hope this is a little bit of insight and education on what's happening in those parts of the world and the great bands coming out of there. Thanks to DN for his time. Of course, we'll get into all that. But thanks to Goat Rider for writing awesome music. That one, again, Devil Vampire, out now, available everywhere. It's just a single. If you want to go get that High Speed From Hell album, that's out there as well. There's another one before, I'm sorry, after that, Sunder. Uh, I probably said that wrong, but that that exists also. Anyway, go check them out. Young kids playing an old school sound and they do it very, very well. All right. As I mentioned on this episode, I got an interview with DN of Culto Negro. But first, you got to go to New Jersey and you got to listen to Hot Zone. Check it. We're officially into October, and for some reasons, it's my least favorite month of the year. For others, it's my favorite. Let's go with the negatives first. It's fall. It's really fall. Leaves are falling. I like to walk on them and have them make that crunchy sound when I go back and forth to work. But other than that, not cool. When you got big trees in your yard, you got big leaves in your yard, and that's a lot of cleanup, and I'm not looking forward to it. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. And then there's leaf beef, which happens with sometimes with neighbors. You know, where can you put the leaves? Where can't you? It's a really suburban thing. You had to be there. You have to be there to understand. Anyway, it's really passive aggressive and I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. Hopefully we don't have any leaf beef this year, but it's always possible. You know, other thing I don't like about October, it's a self-inflicted uh, disgust. Disgust isn't, it's too strong of a word. It's a self-inflicted pain. It's a sober October, which my wife and I are partaking in again this year. Did it last year for the first time and thought that's a pretty good practice. You could use a month off of drinking. And uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. It's actually really easy to do. Uh, My body probably really appreciates it. Um, But what I've decided to do is up the ante this time around and also work in my no fun five diet that I like to do where that's no, uh, no alcohol, no sugar, no dairy. Uh, so it's just no fun. And, uh, I'm, I'm supplementing eating crappy with working out more. Yesterday was my first hot yoga class, which was very, it's very cool. It was very interesting. 
I mean, it wasn't cool. It was hot, but you know what I mean? It was very, I liked it. I enjoyed it a little bit too corny at some spots. Uh, I don't need all that. I'd rather not be talked to the entire time. I don't know what they're saying a lot. It's uh, literally like another language. So I'm just trying to look around, watch my wife, see what she's doing uh, and try to mimic the movements. But, you know, so I was really clunky in there. It was good. I sweat a lot. I sweat a whole hell of a lot. But that might have just been the massive amount of water I've been trying to drink. Yesterday, I put away uh, nearly 140 ounces of water. Uh, keep a track of this. It's I don't enjoy that either. It makes me pee like crazy. So basically, I'm having an awful October. The only thing that's going well is uh, the Eagles are 4-0. Sixers are... <laughs> are not doing anything. They're just sitting there while the rest of the league gets way better. NBA starts later this month, so that's a plus. Again, football's going fine. Won the fantasy league this week, so don't worry. You don't have to hear me talk about that. But every time you get the high score in my fantasy league, you get 20 bucks. So it's 20 bucks back into my pocket. I'll collect at the end of the year. Don't worry. I hope to get many more of those. If you don't have that rule implemented in your fantasy football league, I highly suggest you do. That was actually my wife who suggested that. And we put it into my brother's league and it was great and everybody loves it. And uh, even if you've got a shitty team, here's the point of it. Even if you have a shitty team, you can still have a good week and get a portion of your money back each week. If you got enough money in there, like we do, a 12 team league, everybody pays a decent amount to get in. You can make it 20 bucks a week, $20 over 17 weeks or whatever it is. Uh, That's that's a that's a good amount of money in the pot. And you don't even notice the difference when the winner gets paid out. Anyway, that's my sports talk. I'm not getting deep into that. Uh, I said I'm not drinking this month, which is interesting because this episode came about uh, many years ago was I was drinking on uh, maybe not this month, but it was probably around May. That's usually when um, Maryland Death Fest was taking place back in Baltimore when I lived there. And I was sitting at a bar one night and two guys walk in and uh, we got to talking. They were obviously in town for Maryland Death Fest. It was taking place that weekend. And we were just hanging out at the bar and uh, hung out all night, kept in touch ever since. They were from Costa Rica. And that, of course, was my friend who's here on this podcast, DN. We're going to talk a little bit about that night, but mostly about him growing up in the Costa Rica metal scene and uh, his band, Calto Negro. So let's get to that. But first, I got to play you a song from Calto Negro. This one is called Desdoble. I think.
met, I don't know how many years ago, I'm counting on you to tell me when you walked into my local Baltimore bar, I know it was a death fest, but I don't know what year. What year was that that you and I randomly ran into each other? It was 2015, and I still got that T-shirt for there from that bar. Oh, you bought yeah, a T-shirt was, from the Blarney Stone? Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, Blarney Stone. Yeah, I bought a T-shirt. Still use it. Still wear it. <laughs> That's it awesome. was yeah. It was eight years ago, and it, I remember very well because it's the only chance I got to to go to the MDF. Well, yeah, eight years ago. Since sounds like a lot. A long time, but it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> what was the, what were the bands that brought you to there? What was the big, uh, why, like, why, why did you make that the one that you came to? Oh man, I remember they canceled uh, a couple of those. I remember they canceled uh, Sodom. Mm-hmm. And well, the ones that got me there was uh, I, I I felt like I would have never had the chance over if it wasn't for that uh, for that festival. The um, watching Vol- volcano live, mm-hmm. uh, volcano in like uh, I think in their in their native language is pro- pronounced volcano as well. Yeah, the Brazilian guys, and mm-hmm. also the, we were gonna have the, have the chance to see this embowelment, which was the uh, Inverloop guys playing this embowelment set. Uh, that's right. And yeah, I love this embowelment in Inverlook as well. I actually like Inverlook a little bit better, but watching them play songs from this uh, embowelment, and unfortunately, they canceled. And I remember Portal as well and Wolf Brigade. Wolf Brigade was definitely one of the high points for, for, for that festival, the, the MDF 2015. That's cool. That's and, cool. That's, I couldn't remember who was on that year because I didn't go at all that year. But I, I felt like, is that the same year where we were having the riots and shit going on too? Yeah, I remember that was uh, one of our conversation topics during the... I thought so, of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that. You explain, I actually was talking to a friend uh, uh, a few days ago about that, that you explained to us that it wasn't actually that close to where we were. And that happens to a lot of people from like a, like a, what we will say third world countries. We Costa Rica is such a, a small place that we, all, we always think everything is pretty close. But yeah, Baltimore is such a big city. I remember we were kind of worried about not worried, but just uh, having that into mind all the time when you you talk to us and talk, yeah, explain to us it was wasn't really that close. Well, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, the same yeah. time. Yeah, the places that you were, yeah, they weren't they weren't riots. Yeah, I mean, you would have seen no. them, you would have saw them, but. You know, but you know what I mean. I remember they were talking about that before the a couple of a couple of weeks before the the fest started. It was mm-hmm. one of the worrying worrisome topics because everyone was saying like, "Hey, this might get cancelled if things keep getting worse," and things kept getting worse, and we never saw any of it. So, it worked pretty good for us, I think. Pretty nice. It was good. That. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I remember it. I remember it very well, and uh, I'm glad we've been able to keep in contact for this long. And uh, it's been cool to see what you've been up to. You've been you've been putting out a lot of music since then. I don't know. So, so tell me, did did you, were you in a band back then? Eight years ago, did Culto Negro exist back then? Oh yeah, actually, when we were there, we were just putting out. Actually, the next year after that, we were putting out our first EP, Abismar uh, Speed Metal, which is what we think started it all with uh, in regards to defining our own. <laughs> style and making our same musically like more serious like yeah we already put out uh, something out and uh i think we were in the middle of recording by that time but yeah we, i was on that band and i've been on a couple of bands since since like 2007 and at the time i was only playing with culto negro 
well, uh, yeah, I think it was only Cultonegro, yeah. Well, so then let's go back. Let's go back a few years, quite a few years with just you personally. Down in Costa Rica, I don't think do we do we mention that you are in and from Costa Rica. I don't well, think I, even, I don't think we even said that yet. But so, do you grow up? Are you born and raised in Costa Rica? Born and raised in Costa Rica, yes, and yeah. Uh, actually, I was born in the what we call the like the the capital, and was brought up in a pretty rural place. Then I came back when I was in my years back to the what we call the city it's not what you guys would call a city but here is what we call the city but yeah pretty much all the time here in Costa Rica what what I don't know what was seems like a really broad question but what's what's growing up in Costa Rica like well like I like I said like I was born brought up in a pretty rural place like a countryside and everything so I always look back at there like that's the only thing i gotta be thankful for like uh, growing up in there because uh, otherwise it's all uh, connected to uh some uh what can i say what some people in my life that i don't really feel connected to but uh, the only thing i actually am thankful for is uh, growing up in there like uh uh we got out of school and we, uh, we asked for permission to go to the local river <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> if that sounds weird but uh, we had a, a, a rivers a lot of uh, and like uh woods you could just actually just venture into and that was i, I can say it was pretty nice uh of course there's always everyone i think everyone had a difficult uh, childhood uh, at least everyone that i know but uh others or and that it's pretty much that like a pre-countryside pre, uh, growing up and uh well before the internet we had a lot of difficulties getting music you know like everyone but here in Costa Rica it was uh, pretty much more difficult than any other place because you know it's a pretty small country pretty close-minded uh, political views and pre-catholic uh, country but uh we had a, a whole history like uh like 30 years ago about the catholic church joining up with the, the local governments like almost pretty much doing a witch hunt on the people with black teachers it's a whole it's a whole chapter here well for me it's not that important but everyone talks about it and everyone remembers it about uh, because there was uh, a lot of well we could call it a witch hunt that uh, mm-hmm. there was for like two years yeah but uh you can imagine like uh, it's one of costa rica is one of the countries that still got still got the uh, catholic uh, religion as the official religion like uh no not not even i think only the vatican has that as a like an official religion so you can pretty much imagine that what it was like growing up in here but uh i can't complain like everyone like i said everyone's got difficult you know or issues growing up but uh Sure, That's sure. Well, yeah. Well, I ask I ask you that because out of curiosity, because I feel like that always has to do with how we all find and get into what we're talking about now. This what what got us talking initially when you walked into that bar and I saw these are metal guys and you saw me in a shirt and you say that's a metal guy and we start talking, but we all get into it from a different place and for different reasons. So if it's being coming up in in that uh, in that uh, environment like you did. How did you even get into heavy metal? Like, you know, where does it start? Is it is this something oh. you got to find on the fringes? 
it's all my family, my mom's family side, like uh, my whole fam uh, uh, family from my mom's side, they, they all listen to classic rock, uh, everything from like uh, the Bee Gees to, well, one of my uncles, he, he was the one who started me off with that. Like uh, when, I, when we he, we were working, uh, I was in, still in like uh, elementary school and he sent a bunch of CDs and tapes over and there was uh, Nirvana Nevermind like uh, Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animal and Metallica's uh, Justice for All and that's how it all went down for me I remember listening to listening to that Metallica's cassette like forever I, I, I knew I didn't know any English I still knew in my head I thought I knew every every freaking song for for, for that that album and that's how it all started and he was kind of a metalhead also but he also liked the classics i still got he passed away uh more than 10 years ago but i still got some of his uh, recorded cassettes like uh, the, the ones he did everyone does a come he's he's got a lot of things like everything classic from black sabbath to he even has some napalm death in there so that's how it all started up for me were there any like local costa rica metal bands yeah, but I, uh, uh, it was only pretty much in like the, what we call like the metropolitan side of the country, like the the capital, what we call the the uh, yeah. So um, in rural places like where I grew up, there wasn't anything. We never saw anyone with a black teacher. I never saw anyone with a black teacher or every uh, even listening to anything that I was listening when when I got from school. Uh, but I remember my first years of. Um, high school I, uh, I remember i noticed some guys with some local uh, cool teachers and i started digging into what the, the stores and everything you know like where can i buy some some of those teachers and records and well uh, it was tapes and cities by the time yeah and uh yeah i remember i uh my uncle gave me a couple of uh, magazines for me to read and it was a local magazine and i was I remember I, I even I still got one of uh, some of those. I remember I, I, they had like the ten the top ten charts, but mm -hmm. they had one for international bands and one for national bands. And I was so amazed seeing seeing like they even had enough bands to have a, a top ten. <laughs> there chart, was ten, you know. <laughs> I didn't know any of those bands. Yeah, there was probably eleven, and the other one was uh, must have sucked. But <laughs> there, I started reading about that, and they, they even had uh, interviews with local local uh, local bands, and I was so amazed by, uh, by look, real, realizing that, that that there are bands like this, there are metal bands in Costa Rica, and I didn't know anything about it. And still, in those times. Uh, it wasn't so easy. We didn't have like uh, Uber apps or anything like that. So we, we, if I was to ask someone like, hey, can I go to one of those concerts? It would have been impossible for me. So uh, well, by the time I, I was able to go out to gigs and everything, uh, I pretty much knew a couple of people from bands. And that's, I remember that's where I met a couple of guys from uh, some other bands. And we started up our first band in 2007 called Fornos. It was a pretty, pretty uh, old school black metal band. And I remember that was my first experience with music, like uh, doing something other than just listening to it or buying it or going to concerts. Well, it sounds, like, it, was started. it sounds like your part of your family might have been uh, okay with that, but how did it go the rest of it? How does, how does it go culturally when you start a black metal band in Costa Rica? Cause you mentioned the uh, big presence of the Catholicism. Uh, my whole family is very Catholic and, uh, <laughs> 
I remember one time, one time I had to talk, sit down with my mom and like tell her like, Hey, you know, just for the sake of like, honesty, I don't believe, believe in any of that shit. Like, I don't know what, what I, I know you believe in it. I respect it. And you brought me out like, like a Catholic, but I don't believe in any of that. I remember her reaction was immediately like, you're fucking crazy, right? That was her only explanation. I'm crazy. Her son is crazy. I remember that was her first reaction to anything other. It doesn't have anything to do with music. I just telling him, telling her, I don't believe in any of that. And you can imagine what followed when I started bringing, bringing uh, uh, black t-shirts with, uh, I remember one time she almost threw me out because I had a fuck me Jesus t-shirt, the Marduk one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember I remember she told me like I don't know any English but I don't have to know any English to know what it says I don't yeah want you really went to the house. extreme with that go easy on her man <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I, it was hitting uh, at least that's what I thought and then that was pretty much her, her reaction to everything until I well uh, when I started my first band I remember we did the first pro, uh, promo shoots in my, at my house and we were like all covered in the uh, and with this black and white paint, paint and she told me like hey whatever you make out of well you gotta I, I gotta understand my mom she's she doesn't know anything about like how this thing works like uh, she that doesn't even know what underground scene is or anything she yeah, just yeah. thought like hey they're recording music they are selling records if they sell any record and she told me like she told me this if you sell any records and you make any money out of it i don't want you buying anything that you bring into this house <laughs> wow <laughs> well, it was pretty strange. And, yeah. and to say uh, just for you to know my mom is not that stream there are mm -hmm. worse people yeah i remember she told me i uh, just laugh and had say like yeah you from now on i'm just gonna be losing money to this so don't worry about that <laughs> and i kept my word i have been losing money to this ever since but <laughs> it's been a fun ride and she she even she she's now more accepting of that like you know i got out of my house and she probably thought i would be coming back in like two years with the money and with probably some kind of addiction or anything or something like that and I didn't. I've been an independent person, not to say that it, that is something amazing or anything like everyone else. I'm just making it on my own, keeping my head up and uh, doing my, my the things that I like, but not disappointed, uh, disappointing my, my, my family. And I think that's what brought her around. Like she knows like, uh, well, my whole family is always like you know uh, all families like always talking about god and everything but they they grew up to to accept what what i believe in and what i don't and that's pretty much it now from time to time my my, my grandmother even asked me about my bands that's very so nice. i tell her yeah i tell her it's called uh culto i don't tell her it's called culto negro because that's the bad, the bad part about <laughs> about the name in spanish so i always just mention yeah my band called Culto, culto, culto. We even had a, a, a for a month, for a couple of years we had a punk hardcore punk band called Suicidio Infantil, which means infant suicide. So I never, I had to be very careful about uh, around them, so I didn't know the whole name of the band. So <laughs> we still got to get separate uh, well, logos drawn up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's always funny because yeah, I respect them. I know they respect me, but they, it's always funny seeing their their reactions to whatever they 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 ask me. And I think they're thinking in their heads like, how can these guys like uh, they know my friends and uh, my my bandmates and everything? They're always thinking like, what what is this guy doing like uh, in a band like that? Like, if I know them, they're 
quote unquote normal people. <laughs> so it's always funny seeing their reactions to whatever they, they, they see and they hear about that. At least they have I don't know. Every I think everyone goes through that. So I think so too. And I, th I think it's very cool though, to hear, to hear the way you explain that and how they, how they have at least come around a little bit and do accept what you do and don't just kick you to the curb. Cause there are those stories of people who have families who just can't handle it and just say, well, if that's what you're into, then you're no son of mine, you know? And I know those are truly uh, rare exceptions, but you know, it happens. So I'm glad that that's not the case for you. Yeah, I think my uncle studied uh, studied also when he died and when I was like uh, 12. So I think they couldn't like uh, be very hard at me or, or uh, like, yeah, like they, they couldn't be, they had to be accepting of me because they knew my uncle was like that and they had to believe my uncle was a good person and was going to heaven or anything they believed in. So I think that was also uh, one of the factors for them to be more accepting of like, what whatever we do because i wasn't the only one my, my i remember my, my one of my cousins he got a tattoo like uh, like 14 so for a few years he was the, the black sheep of the family mm. so so he made it easy for me for like a couple of years funny thing now that you mentioned that i remember a, a, a story i had a marilyn manson uh, poster and it was one of the ugliest one I could get, right? Like uh, Manson wearing his uh, thighs and uh, all covered in blood and yeah, yeah. everything. I remember my uncle, one of my uncles told me, like, if you get rid of that, I'll give you my Pink Floyd, the wall. Um, he had like a big black and pink uh, flag mm -hmm. on his on his room, in his room. And I didn't even think about it. Yeah, you think I'm stupid, right? I, I don't care. I bought this for like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, let's say, half a dollar and I knew what he had with that and I still got it I still got that one I, still, <laughs> I have my Marine Manson records but I still have my Pink Floyd my Pink Floyd banner and that's, that's how cool. they were yeah that's how they were they didn't actually just uh, tell me like get rid of that shit and and, and that's it but he, they tried to like <laughs> negotiate with me so I will tune it down you know because my grandmother is very Catholic and very religious so she didn't like looking at that every day well, it's, it sounds like you have, a, a, I mean, uh, in these brief stories, it sounds like you have a, a family that at least uh, cares about each other and looks out for each other. I got to say, my family is a big part of why I ended up being uh, liking and, and, and making metal music a, a way of life. And not, not, not only metal music, like punk rock and all kinds of rock and everything. I think they ended up being one of the main factors for, for me to to be really that much into music because they are really much into music. They, my, my uncle uh, they, that passed away, the, the other uncle, my mom, my, my, even my grandmother is always listening to music. So I think they're, they're part of it. They didn't like the, the, the direction in which I went, but they're pretty much a, a big factor into why I'm so much into music in general. I think that's awesome. And let's, let's talk about that music. Uh, Culto Negro, you mentioned starts, uh, what year exactly? 2000? Well, the true origin, so to say, it's like 2013. Uh, but yeah, we started rehearsing like a whole band in like 2015. And like, did you, when you guys started the band, did you know what sound exactly you were going for? Or did you just kind of let it happen? Well, I think it's kind of a really um, awesome accident, so to say, because I remember the first 
uh, Eric, the, the drummer, is the one who started up the band. He wrote uh, wrote some riffs and he showed them to me. He said, like, hey, I, I want to start a band. I, I already have. He's like that. Like, uh, before he even came to me with some recordings on his cell phone, he already had the logo already thought of. And he was already paying someone to draw the logo and everything. So he showed some songs to me and it was pretty much the black metal sound of what culto negro sounds like today and i really liked it i really liked the idea of uh, i've always have a preference for black metal you know when uh, amongst old metal music and i really liked it i had already, i had already been playing with eric in another band so i already knew him for a couple of years and so it all sounded pretty good uh the, he came he 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 came with uh, the idea of asking a couple of guys that he knew. They they were cousins, I think. Yeah, they were cousins, and they played the guitar, both of them. So he asked them to join the band. And one of the other guys was the other one who came with a lot of ideas. And he took uh, what Eric gave him, like the culto negro, black sound, black metal sound. And he was more of a heavy metal trash music guy. So he added that part, and it all came to be uh, what we already know as our sound, which is like a mixture of uh, speed metal and black music, black metal music. So it pretty much was like a mixture of the, the minds that started working on the sound at the very beginning. But the, the whole idea, the whole birth of what Culto Negro is and everything came from, from Eric's mind. Hmm. And is Eric still in the band? Yeah, the other two guys, the the guitar players, they're no longer in the band, uh, but uh, pretty close to them. We were still friends with them. But uh, yeah, I got to admit, I I think that's something that we always talked about. uh, Like this sound that we ended up having and what we think represents the band, it's uh, a mixture of what uh, the drummer Eric had in mind and already wrote and what the other guys actually added added to the band with their own style and everything. It's a very cool sound. I, I like the direction. I like bands that play this style. I don't absolutely love black metal. There are some black metal records I think are incredible, but the genre as a whole, I don't love it all. Right. But I do like it. <laughs> so I love, but I love like the, what some people might uh, just call like black thrash or whatever, you know, you know, a phrase I'm talking about, like just the, the bands that, that do the combination like, like you guys do, but you have like your own little distinct sound and I don't know how to describe it exactly. And, uh, but I, but I, but I really appreciate it. Maybe it's, maybe it's a regional thing. I don't know. Is there anything about the band that you think sounds like a Costa Rica band? Not like a Costa Rica band, not at all. I will say the best way, I, I think the, the best way for us to describe it, like uh, internally, we don't know, we, we don't care if anyone accepts it. But what, what, what we actually think it's the best way to 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 describe our music is Abismal uh, Speed Metal, which is like the same thing as in English, Abismal Speed Metal. We think we we actually like mixing like the, this really heavy and really obscure sound of black metal, which is something we all like in the band and mixing it with uh, that intense uh, riffing from uh, heavy metal music and uh, speed metal uh, specifically. And we also, I think you can hear it in there. At least, yeah, I I think everyone can hear it. Like you can actually hear some punk music uh, uh, in there as well. We all like punk music a lot. I think you're you're exactly right. And I think that's 
part of what sets it apart to me. I, I was listening to a lot this week. And it's like, man, this is just, just really fucking good. And it's, there's a thing that, I, that I, I, I've said a few times um, to people in private and, and on here. And uh, I consider you a friend of mine. And I always say, I love when I love that I know people and friends with people who are in bands that I actually really like, you know, because for a while there's, you know, you have your friends as you start bands and, you know, until everybody really figures out what they're doing. And unfortunately for some people for a long period of time, they just write stuff that you just support them because they're your friends. But like you, you actually do some really cool stuff and not just with Culto Negro, but with your other bands too. Uh, but, but Culto Negro, of course, is is to me my favorite of what of what you're doing and i think it has a a very cool sound is there other bands in your area doing the same thing or something similar well first of all i gotta appreciate that and then i also consider you a friend and uh, i also appreciate you liking uh, well taking a chance to listen to my bands for at least uh, at least you do it and 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 you take the time to do it and be, and, and i really appreciate that and I gotta say, there's a band called Necrolysis from Costa Rica. They actually just reformed because they have been like uh, up and down and on and off all for like the last ten years. They were I well, I gotta say this. I I don't know if there's anyone before then that starts start playing that speed speed metal sound mm-hmm. and having this really heavy and. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The fast riffs coming up and the way they wrote their songs and the lyrics about them. I gotta say, they were the, pretty much the first ones. And uh, before them, uh, I can say they were before Culto Negro, any other band that, that sounded like that. And right now, uh, I think like... From for the last five years, I've been listening to one of the one band called Gold Rider. You should really pay attention to them as well if you're into Benon and uh, Midnight Sound. Yeah, Go- Goat Rider and, is that you said? Yeah, Gold Rider. They're, they're well. <laughs> I was amazed the first time I, I watched them live because they're kids. They, yeah. I think they were even 18 in Costa Rica. The, the legal age for drinking and going to bars and everything is 18. I think they were not even 18 and. I've met a couple of those guys and they're, they're still like kids that you, you can see in, in their face, like they're, they're, they're kids and they're really talented. They're really into it and they work very intensively. They have put out a lot of music over the last few years and you should really check them out. And uh, yeah, if you like the Culto Negro sound and if you like Midnight as well and then Benon and all of that, you should really check them out. Well, I'm writing them down now. Yeah. 
it's good looking at them. And uh, for me, it's re really amazing looking at them and, and seeing them like uh, you can see they're pre really compromised with their music and you can see them like putting everything into each show. I played uh, with the, my other band, Noche, we played a show with them like a couple of months ago mm -hmm. and they just came from playing another show on the same day and they still gave it everything and you could see them like uh, as if they weren't playing for like a month or something like that. They, they put everything on station. That's something to actually look forward to like uh, watching uh, guys like that play and also the, the style of play like everyone now wants to play like uh, super technical death metal or wants to be in a retro black metal or trash metal band or anything, something like that but this guy took something that well Venom is a very popular band but no not everyone there's playing that style like not not everyone sounds like Venom and has the the capacity of actually making something that reminds you of that band and actually sounds pretty yeah. good and doesn't sound exactly like Venom. So yeah, uh, I know I talked about a lot about them, but you should really check them out. I will. I I totally am. I'm I'm absolutely, and I've already looked them up while we were talking. It's a Goat Rider <laughs> with with a space. It's Goat Space Rider, as far as I can see. Um, and I, again, I'm sorry for all these like ignorant questions about Costa Rica, but is there is there like a legit scene, enough of a scene for you guys to play to? Have you and, and have you ever played outside of your home country? Yeah, that the scene question is always something really controversial right like that depends on uh, your view of it i always yeah. think that we don't have like a real thing like you what you will call something like uh something mature and something like uh, stands out for itself i wouldn't say we have that i would say we have a bunch of fans that actually make it out like by what what they like and what they actually believe in and we have great musicians that i can like even though i, I don't like all, all that technical stuff now that everyone is playing. I gotta say, you gotta be a pretty good musician to play that, at sure. least to play it good. But I don't believe there's a Costa Rica metal scene. People think there are. Uh, there is a scene here. Some people refer to it as a Costa Rica metal scene, but I don't think there is like a... We are still like a, years ago from having like a real scene. We don't even... We have less and less uh, venues to play in. And people learn you can you can see it like people rather buy some of the merch like f so because it's got a pretty cool uh, design like something with a pentagram and crosses down and everything and mm -hmm. no one buys no one buys uh, the real music like no one buys uh, uh cds or records uh, there's there's a pretty pretty a small selection of people who do you know like or, or of course i'm just talking in general but i would say we're uh, at least a couple of decades from calling ourselves uh, or thinking we have a real uh, metal scene. Punk scene in Costa Rica is a little bit more, you know, like punk is always more like a solidarity and everything. So I think that's what makes uh, punk scene stand out over the metal scene here in Costa Rica. But uh, yeah, uh, honestly, I don't think we have a metal scene. We have our local bands. We have bands that, uh, you know, like have been playing for like 30 years or more. And there's, uh, or like I said before, there's a whole story on the, the Catholic Church and everything. But uh, I wouldn't say we have uh, like a, what I would call a metal scene. Well, you, you, I, I know you do have, you've got half a foot in that punk scene you talked about too, right? Yeah, I've been playing the Noche and Suicidio Infantil for, for like, uh, yeah, if, 
for the last five years, I think, or four. Do you play many shows where Culto Negro plays to that crowd as well? Yeah, actually, funny story, you know, like uh, the, the, the whole uh, start of Culto Negro playing live, it was always with punk rock bands or at least hardcore uh, hardcore punk bands uh there's a couple of bands there's a band called fene fasta actually the the guy who plays with me in noche he had a band like uh it was like a pre-rope punk band and he played in there and those are the bands that started up i started uh, playing and touring so to say with us but uh we always had a i think we always had a more close relationship with the uh, the, the punk rock scene. We've met a lot of people who actually like uh, Culto Negro, even though they, you you could call you could see the, the they're really punk guys, like you know, like the whole Mohawk and everything, and they they really dig uh, Culto Negro, and that that's something awesome because you can actually talk to them about music and know they they are actually liking it because uh, they hear that punk. Uh, uh, what can I say? Like uh, the, the heritage from punk that we take and, and put it into our music. So funny story. Yeah, we, we started playing more with uh, punk rock bands or uh, hardcore punk bands, not metal bands. And we've always had good relationships with, uh, with the local punk rock scene, I could say. That's awesome. How many, how many official Culto Negro releases are there? Well, uh, we got the first single, which was just like a, something like a promo for us, what was, what was our first EP. But uh, yeah, you can say we have five releases. One of them is a single. The other one is the first EP. Then we had a split tape with a witch fuck from Poland. Then we put out a demo from with a couple of advances from the from the last album and also a couple of extra bonus material in there. And then uh, last year we put out our first full length, uh, La Noche Escura del Alma, which is what uh, got us into talking again about uh, about Culto Negro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one I was that's the one I was talking about because that one is my favorite. But maybe it should be, maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. But uh, tell me, tell me about that record. When well, you release it, how does that how does that go over? Does it does it does everybody like it? Do you get much uh, interest from outside of Costa Rica? How, what's the release of that been like? Because it's been out for over a year now, right? Yeah, it's over a year, and we've recorded that album in like at uh, the beginning of the pandemic. So mm. it's been with us for like three years already. Uh, everything done, like, but we had a few. Uh, a few issues, not issues, but you know, like uh, everything works. Like uh, label records have to put. Uh, push on deadlines and everything so uh, it should have been out like uh, at least a year and a half earlier but everything happened the way it happened and we're happy with the way it worked out for to answer your first question yeah i definitely think you're you this should be your favorite one and what we're putting out next i think will actually well i hope so i, I don't hope i know and we all in the band know because uh, we always like to talk about uh, what we expect for uh, what we're doing and what we're recording or or, or trying to uh, uh, write and everything. We know that we're going to do something even better for the next album. And I don't want to sound braggy or anything. I just know that the guys that are working with us uh, have their own ideas. And I know that we like this last record so much that we just want to put something even better, even if that sounds impossible for us. But that's what we want. And uh, yeah, a little bit more background on that album that we recorded it 
in like 2020. Yeah. We started recording like 2020. Your songs have been reading for like some songs that have been already done for like uh, four years. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it had a pretty good acceptance here in Costa Rica where everyone thought Culto Negro didn't exist anymore because we are not, not pretty active on like uh, uh, Instagram or any of that social media stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't like, we, well, it's not that we don't like it. We don't see it necessary. We We just use it whenever we think it's necessary if we're not doing anything or just recording we don't see the need for us just put a picture of us in the studio if there's nothing <laughs> ready for for anyone yeah no to i hear. agree with that <laughs> yeah so so that's the way we see it and everyone was everyone thought like hey man i thought you you guys didn't exist anymore or no with the recording and the record has been ready for like two years and whenever it came out yeah uh i gotta say i gotta say we we had a really good reaction here uh, around in Costa Rica. We've been receiving reviews all over the internet, which is something awesome for this kind of things because we are able to see people from Italy, Greece, and a lot, a lot of countries actually, Argentina, a lot of places in Europe because uh, you know the record label is from Europe. Mm -hmm. So it's got a pretty much uh, a wider audience in there, I think. And so far, I gotta say, all the reviews that we've we've, uh, we've read are pretty good, are really really good, and we're pretty happy with the results. And well, I gotta say, it's uh, it's a relief to put it out because we were pretty much just waiting for it to come out to come out like uh, officially on the physical, uh, you know, like uh, the CD and the tape. We're pretty much just waiting for it to start uh, writing music again because we didn't see we didn't think it made sense to start writing anything new if we weren't even going to start recording or we also we needed to play a couple of shows at least with uh, playing this new record and we also had a couple of lineup changes and I know the new guys were dying to start writing new stuff so a lot of things uh, are involved uh, or around this uh, record coming out because there were lineup changes. There was new music coming out, uh, or at least uh, coming out uh, in the uh, during the rehearsal. Like you know, like uh, hey, I have a new song. Uh, I got this three or five. Got uh, some lyrics for this. So we see it as a new start. Like uh, some, well, I think everyone says that when they whenever they put out a new record. But uh, we have uh, we got a new guitar player. So no one, uh, almost no one from that, uh, from those, uh, that record is still in the band, like uh, in the guitar duties. I know uh, Isaac was doing the record, he recorded it, but he didn't actually write anything. And I know he was dying to start writing his own stuff. He's a, he's a great guitar player and he's a mastermind when it comes to writing new stuff. And like uh, the riffs he writes, it's just insane how, how he can just come up with anything new anytime and everything he does is better than whatever he did before. And I know it sounds like I'm talking about, I, uh, everyone thinks they have diverse guitar player, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to him uh, writing the new stuff. And we already have like uh, seven songs already. So we're, I think we, we were just waiting for the record to come out officially to start like uh, the second half of, of what comes for Culto Negro. Mm, that's very cool. And, and I appreciate hearing that excitement of, about what you got coming. Uh, and that's, that's what it should be, right? It'd be boring. It, it wouldn't be any fun if you're like, well, you know, and then we'll just do another one. It's not like that's, I like hearing the excitement. That's what I think it keeps, uh, keeps us all excited about the band. You know, that we really like the band. We, we wouldn't be putting any, any energy into this if we didn't like it. I know it sounds weird hearing the guys from their own band saying we really like our band, but who doesn't? Who, 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 
puts music and money and then time and anything into something they don't like. Do you, you have to be stupid or just be getting paid for it? We're mm-hmm. far away from getting paid for this. So we really have to enjoy our own music and really like it. And uh, not only musically, you know, like uh, Eric and I write our, uh, the lyrics. So I know it's always um, a whole process. Uh, I'm excited to start writing new uh, lyrics because I know it's some kind of catharsis for me. And there are some things that I want to get out. There are some things that I want to explore. I know he is the same way. And that's only when it comes to lyrics. When it comes to music, I know that the other guys are the same way. They're, they're, they're ready for, for starting the new chapter. And uh, we have to be really excited about it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be meeting every week to write new songs or putting money and time and everything into this. Right, right, right. Of course. And that's, I, think that's the, I think that's the best way to be. Speaking of lyrics, um, as far as I know, and maybe it's because I usually don't listen with anything in front of me, but everything's in Spanish, right? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're really, I, I like we're that. Really take I, I, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I want to talk about because typically, or not typically, a lot of bands from all over the world, and I've, I've, I've always found it kind of odd. I understand why, but I've always found it kind of odd that everybody does their stuff in English. And I, I think it's really cool when people just do their native language. Um, some of my favorite bands... I don't know. I don't know a word they're saying. I, I think that's fine. <laughs> like, I think that's cool. As long as it sounds great, that's awesome. And, and that's the same thing here with you guys. So tell me about that decision to keep everything in Spanish. Well, from the very beginning, Eric told me like, yeah, I want everything to be in Spanish, to be written in Spanish. And uh, because Eric is very fond of uh, these classic uh, Spanish heavy metal bands and, and Latin American bands like uh, Argentinian bands and, and Spain and bands from Spain. He's really into that. We all like that kind of bands, but he's really, really into that. So he, whenever, when he came to me and to, talked to me about the band, he said like, yeah, I want this to be the classic thing. Like I want to go all the way with the classic thing. And I want this to be in Spanish. I think it's also, I, I'm not sure he, specifically told me that but uh, I, I've got to say I, I will guess it's also because he was already thinking about writing part of the lyrics mm. and I know uh, when whenever you read whatever he writes uh, I know it's coming from a very deep part of uh, whatever his soul his heart whatever you put into writing lyrics and I know it comes more naturally whenever you write in Spanish. I can say that because it's the same to me, with me. Uh, I feel like it's more natural. Whatever I feel inside, I want to put out in some lyrics. I don't have to translate that. I just put it out and write it down and that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why everything is in Spanish. And it's worked really, really good for us because uh, I don't know if it's because of the the style that we play or however I sing, but uh, everyone seems to have something to say when it, when it, well, you know, everyone that doesn't speak Spanish, right? Like uh, everyone, like uh, when you, you see the reviews or people who speak English or everyone from Europe, like whatever they speak, they always have something to say about it being in Spanish sounds a, a little bit more aggressive. It's mm-hmm. got that uh, raw power on it, you know, like uh, uh, there are soft languages like uh, what I would, well, in Spanish, I call them like, like soft languages. Like if you were talking about something in French, it probably wouldn't sound as harsh as someone saying it in Spanish or Russian. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's right. And, yeah. I, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking shit about French people. But, uh, Fuck the French. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk shit on the French. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> now that you say, I'm kidding. Yeah. I got nothing against the French, but whatever. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. You understand that. Like, uh, I, I think you can. I think that's uh, that's something you can actually like uh, even agree or disagree. Like, you as a speaker, uh, native speaker, in uh, English native speaker, you you can actually see, hear some harsher words in Spanish. Mm -hmm. probably because we have the hard T's and everything that sounds so harsh in, as it sounds in Spanish, but it's worked pretty well for us. And I gotta say, it's one of my favorite things about Culto Negro. The fact that the, the name itself, you speak Spanish, you understand everything with, by just reading the, the name of the band and not necessarily, we, we, we don't find it necessary to talk about Satan or whatever the darkness and anything just to sound harsh. Most of our lyrics are pretty, coming from a very personal place and we don't need to get all mellow in the lyrics. So just to explain something that we've got to express, but we don't, we don't have to uh, resort to the same things that everyone goes to like a uh, Satan and darkness and uh, whatever they find uh, like a cliche. And yeah. I'm not saying we're not cliche. I'm just saying we don't find the need to, to do that. To, so just to express what we have in, in, in mind. And that's something that's, again, that's worked really good for us. In this new record, we, we, we've we read a lot of reviews talking about the, that specific point, and which is uh, the, the, the lyrics being in Spanish. I think, yeah, again, I think that's I think that's part of the charm of it. And it sounds like to do it in English would kind of be to box yourself in and limit what you can uh, write and say, uh, at least confidently. Um, or, you know, and, and like, and, and I don't know, I just, it's, it sounds so much more abrasive and, uh, scathing, I guess in Spanish, the whole thing, like when it's, when it's all one language, I just appreciate that more. Even bands that I absolutely love when like the, the do stuff primary, I always bring up, uh, Opeth did their last album. They did a, a Spanish or a English version and a Swedish version. And to me, the Swedish version sounds so much better. And, uh, I just, it's, I just appreciate it. I didn't know that. I remember uh, Rato de Porao did put a Brazil record, like in one in Portuguese and one in uh, mm -hmm. English. I think I've I thought that was pretty cool for them from them because uh, you know like uh, they're pretty uh, uh, proud of being from from where they are. Yeah, and the whole thing is uh, the whole fame is built on the the support we they got from the Brazilian fans but uh, they also put it out in the in, in english maybe because they wanted wanted everyone to understand what they they were criticizing about their own country which is most of what they talk about on that record i didn't yeah, know I that about that, Opeth. yeah, yeah but uh, you know for uh, in spanish you also have like the chance to like if you want to play with the words like this doesn't doesn't actually make sense unless i explain it i don't even think i don't even want to think about how it will go in english because you know it takes a double double translation so to say sometimes sure. we need to translate what we're thinking or feeling into words and putting into another language would probably kill the the purpose of whatever phrase we were thinking of or whatever line we were thinking of in the lyrics yeah 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 you know uh, we, we have that happen sometime in just my own house my wife who's from italy will you know she speaks perfect english you wouldn't know she's italian but when she wants to see, she'll try to say something you know, like, uh, there's an Italian word for it, but we don't have it in, in English. And I'm sure there's similar things, uh, from Spanish to English as well. And so, so I get what you mean there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that, uh, I, I think it's 
really important for us. Like we've, we, we didn't even want to do a cover in English because we thought it was like uh, betraying the whole language and everything. But <laughs> of course it happened with the band that had to happen. And if you had to guess, I'm guess, uh, I, I don't going to make you guess, but I think you will guess it in like the third try. We, we did a Hellhammer cover for the vinyl version, which hasn't being put out yet and unfortunately it's not even in the plans yet but uh, we did record three different uh, cover cover songs for the for this new album and we did two in spanish and the only one in english is uh hellhammer's massacre but it had to be if if, if it had to be done it had to be with something that's with right that. you, you can make it have so many exceptions there's always room for exceptions especially hellhammer exactly well then <laughs> well, so t- t- tell me tell me a little bit about what what is in the future for the band you've got what's like you know you kind of just touched on something that might be happening what is what's in the what's in the new what's in the plans well we like i said we already have like seven songs already and uh this is the first time i'm gonna be uh, writing songs like not only lyrics but uh, i already wrote one song so i got super excited whenever uh, <laughs> I know I sound like a child sometimes but uh, it was pretty exciting for me to actually have the guys that I'm playing like uh, with Inculto Negro like have uh, see them play the, a song that I wrote because for example one of the guitar players he's like I he's been in a band in bands for like the last 30 years whenever uh, when I was a, a little child I, I remember my one of my first big so to say and and shows was with uh, his band and i remember really being really amazed by the, the the fact that he had my same last name i was thinking like hey there's a guy in a band and they're, they were pretty famous at the time and i was thinking hey this guy he's got my same last name maybe maybe sometime we'll get to talk about something and that will come up or something like that now he's playing with us and it's pretty amazing awesome. watching him yeah, it's pretty amazing watching him play something that I wrote and the whole band itself. They're, they're, I, I gotta say, I'm pretty proud of the, the guys that I play with. They're, they're one of the, I think they're they're one of their best on the, each one on their own instrument. And I'm pretty proud of playing with them. And I gotta say, it's really amazing watching them or hearing them, listening to them playing something that I wrote. So that's something new. Uh, we have like four different people writing songs this time. So it's gonna be even more of a mixture, I think and we're record we're already already putting out any and coming up with any songs we're already missing like three or four songs to be to be done with the writing process we're also looking into playing a couple of shows outside costa rica and yeah i think you already asked me that and they didn't answer we have played in the panama that's the only uh, broad uh, show that we've had abroad in panama like uh, five years ago and we're looking into going uh, we, we we were talking about going uh, playing mexico and also chile which is one of our favorite metal scenes right now mm-hmm. ever since we put, I, I think ever since we started playing with culto negro the the, the 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 chilean scene was already becoming more and more famous so it's it's super amazing to see like uh we had the Brazilian uh, scene giving a lot of to talk like uh, three decades ago. And still, and still we have uh, some pretty cool bands coming from South America. So we're really excited to, well, I hope it actually happens. We're really excited to go play Chile. And we were also looking into uh, Europe, but uh, I think that's something that going that's going to have wait for, for the new album. It, it, whenever we record it and we put it out because 
unfortunately we don't dedicate ourselves only to this you know like uh, we have our jobs and families and everything so we can do everything at the same time if we're recording we're recording and we'll have to see what happens so we're definitely looking into playing abroad uh, abroad and 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 like uh europe would be one of the I think one of the best scenarios for us because uh, our record label is in is from uh, from Poland. You know, we have uh, uh, we have like uh, two out of our releases uh, are, are were from Pol- uh, Polish record labels. So it will be really interesting to all play there. We know we have a, a pretty good acceptance in there. So it's uh, something that is definitely in our plans and. I don't know what else I, I gotta say that's it sounds like only a, a few things but putting out a new record it's difficult enough especially when you have like five this well everyone in the band uh, likes to put something you know like everyone there's no one of uh, of, uh, of the members of the band that just sits down and waits for everything to be done and play it so it's gonna have uh, it's gonna take our time and sometimes for us to put that out and uh but it's definitely something that is already being being done, you know, like cooked. And yeah, I gotta say that that will be it for, for, for future plans. Sounds like only a couple of things, but it's gonna take a lot of time and a lot of effort and we're really looking forward to that.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with DN from Calto Negro. The song Chaos O Cosmos is from their latest album, La Noche Oscura de Alma, out now on Gods of War Productions, which he's mentioned before is in Europe, Poland, to be exact. And uh, you can get that record pretty much everywhere. I suggest picking yourself up a copy. Looks very cool. Sounds even better. Thank you for taking your time to listen to me chat with my friend DN. Thank you to DN for his time chatting with me. It was a pleasure to catch up. I suspect I'll be having him back very soon to talk about some other stuff. It was really nice to reconnect with the guy. I haven't talked to him uh, verbally in a very long time. Of course, we've kept in contact through the Internet, but haven't actually spoken with each other in uh, well since that night. You know, since that night, that fateful evening, we ran into each other in Baltimore. But I hope he's doing well. I hope you're doing well. And I hope you're willing to go over to gettingitout.net and check out what's going on there. Got a few updates recently. Everything is back in order. Don't you worry. And the podcast will continue to roll here through October. Going to be doing less interviews, but that doesn't mean you should see any of that on your side. There should be at least two episodes a week for the coming month. Maybe less. I don't know. You'll see. Depends what I want to do. And you'll be happy with it, won't you? I'm sure. But we should get out of here on this episode. We're over the hour mark and I don't like to be there. I'm going to keep it in the Southern Hemisphere and I'm going to go down to Chile. And I'm going to play you a track from Santiago Black Metal Group, Black Grail. It's actually a track from their um, from their debut album, Mistismo Regressivo. Man, I'm trying to say all these Spanish things. It's not working out for me. But anyway, it originally came out in 2015, but just recently it was reissued on cassette by Varupi Records. This song uh, is called La Ciudadela de Shiva or something like that. Man, I did my best. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 